Uh, released today by Sport NZ as a uh, guideline around the introduction of the trans community into sport at a community level. Now, this has obviously rubbed a few people the wrong way. There's been a lot of conversation, discussion around this and what it means, for example, to the women's sporting fraternity. We're joined now by Roe Edge. She's the co-founder of Save Women's Sport Australasia. Now, transgender athletes will be involved, be allowed to be involved without any necessary checks that they uh, decide that they are representing a man or a woman, vice versa, it makes no difference. There are no tests involved in this uh, anymore. It's how they feel, self-defined. It's got a whole lot of sideways around this particular uh, engagement, this argument. But I suppose first up, we should we should talk to Ro about what Save Women's Sport Australasia makes of it. And uh, she joins us now. Ro Edge, I trust you well. I surely am, Darcy. A little bit shocked at today's announcement, but well, all the same things. Could you please encapsulate what the announcement means in plain language? It's been a rather long document. There's been plenty of arguments around it. Uh, could you summarise what you think from Save Women's Sport Australasia's point of view? Well, look, Sport New Zealand's feedback acknowledged the concerns that we and others raised, but the guidelines don't address how to deal with any of them. And instead what they focus on is re-educating all of us to deny biological reality. And that's going to be at the cost of women and girls at every level of sport. But we want to see trans athletes included in sport because we all know about the immense physical and mental benefits it brings, but it just shouldn't be at the detriment of the female category. And you know, we believe Sport New Zealand are totally out of step with the majority of Kiwis who understand that biological differences between the sexes actually matter because we play sport with our bodies, not with our identities. You know, so, the female sports category, it was created for a very good reason. With the drive behind this, do you think, from Sport New Zealand, why would they come out with a document that says that you basically, uh, if you feel that way, you can compete that way at the community level? Because Grant Robertson, our Minister of Sport, demanded that inclusion was the priority. So Sport New Zealand have done Grant Robertson's bidding and now all of our national sporting associations are also going to have to consider it. Otherwise, they actually risk their funding from Sport New Zealand because Sport New Zealand made it very, very clear in the final webinars with our um, national sporting bodies that they're not interested in funding sports who don't incorporate the guidelines into their policies. So in a situation where the athlete would actually have to medically prove or justify that they have made that transition, not just a feeling in themselves, would that be a better line to go down, do you think, Ro? Well, it's still not fair to females, but I guess what I want to highlight is just something you've brought up. These guidelines allow anybody to self-identify into the sport, whatever category they want. So, Darcy, you can live as a male for the majority of your life, but you can turn up on a Wednesday night to play indoor netball or another sport, and you can identify as a female just for purposes of that sport, and you cannot be denied the ability to participate in that sport and to utilise the female changing rooms. This is, there is no requirement for any medical or physical transition at all, medical or surgical, sorry, transition at all. This is total self-ID in its purest form. You are what you say you are. And if anybody disagrees, then they're the ones that have to be silenced. And the guidelines around funding seem to suggest that they could withdraw, reduce funding from sports that don't climb into line with these transgender inclusive guidelines. 
Yes, we questioned that at their webinars for all the national sports and they admitted that, as I said, they're not interested in funding sports that don't comply. So this is a real challenge for sports because you think about this at grassroots level. Like, you know, all of our local sporting associations run with volunteers. Without those volunteers, they can't function. A lot of those volunteers are older people as well. So if they see a biological male walking into a female changing room and they're not allowed to say anything, they're not going to feel comfortable doing their job because they literally cannot safeguard their female participants. So it's going to have a profound impact from, for everybody, to the officials on the field when they can see that there is such a size disparity that it's placing female athletes at risk with male bodies on the field. It's just whole ignoring reality and it's you know it's going to be at great cost and it's so you, when you think about it every single elite female athlete whether they're a black fern a silver fern a world cup winner or an olympian every single one of them started in advanced with sporting aspirations and community sport level so if they had lost at that very lower level do you reckon they'd have ever had the motivation to succeed at the highest level and then how are they going to inspire other young girls to do the same if they don't this is, yeah. How, how big, sorry, Ro, how big is, would this be, though, as far as the percentages or the slice of the population that would actually go and play in a women's sport who feel like they are a female, even though they're aren't? Are we talking about a huge amount of the population or just a very small slice of people on that way? Or are we overreacting well, it, to this? It's, it's incredibly hard to know. But, okay, so let's say it's only a small slice. Why should any female have to, you know, bear the cost? of a male wanting to identify into their into their sports category. We're actually already seeing it now. And it's actually not just going to impact committed, sorry, competitive females in sport. It's also about the females who choose to self-exclude rather than having male bodies in their changing rooms and their sports teams. So whether they're Muslim, whether they're really conservative, or they've been the victim of male violence. And again, we have examples of women of all ages who have self-excluded in New Zealand for these reasons. It's already happening, but the problem is, Darcy, that nobody is allowed to say anything. Everyone that raises concerns is cancelled. Everyone, Every female that raises concerns is pushed out of her sporting club, gym, wherever. It's just, it's a conversation that we're not allowed to have, and it's, yeah, and, and, it, and it breeds this consensus that actually isn't there. Now, we wonder why all of these females that are on the podium with Kate Weatherly don't say anything. Well, they're not allowed to. If they see something, they have clauses in their contracts where they could be ripped up immediately. So there is a lot of people out there that are really against us in the background, but so many that are scared to say anything because of the ramifications. Is there a solution for this situation? You say with your organisation, inclusivity is very important, and we get that, and I completely understand where you're coming from uh, with this, but is there a, a way this can be worked so it satisfies the needs of all, or is that an impossibility? Well, the challenge is that transgender people want to be acknowledged as the sex that they say they are. So they have a determination for that. I mean, an easy solution would be to simply open up the male category because no one is disadvantaged by anybody going into the male category, whereas females are disadvantaged whether it's male bodies going in there or females taking testosterone if they're doing a transition. They're disadvantaged all the way. So an easy solution, open category. I mean, there's no... And when I say easy, that's still a challenge because a male is going to feel comfortable with female bodies in their changing rooms. I would say that it would be a deep level of discomfort there as well. But 
I'm sure if a funding was available, the changing room scenario could be could be sorted. But yeah, there, there's changes all around. It's no easy solution, but you know, all we're saying is this can't be to the detriment of the female category because. Man, there are females that fought long and hard to get equality in sport, and this just undermines everything. We're joined by Roe Edge from SWSA as uh, we look at this policy from Sport NZ around trans inclusivity. Do you think it's going to be a, an influx of men playing in women's teams? Is this likely to be that big, like overpowering? Well, you'll probably never know, Darcy, because no one will be able to say anything. <laughs> You know, we've had people from high up and high up levels of sport contact us, and they have male trans-identifying players in in their in their sports, and they've raised concerns at a high level, and they've been told they're not allowed to say anything. You can't actually even say acknowledge that they're a male trans-identifying person. You have to pretend that they're female. It's the challenge we're going to have is how are we going to understand the ramifications of this? I guess it will just be down to the drop-off of females' participation in sport, which is already dire at our teenage level. And you put a male body in a girls' changing room, like a teenage girls' changing room. My gosh, I remember my daughter wouldn't even get changed in the changing room with girls until she was like 15. She was so self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Ro Edge, thank you very much for joining us. It's from Save Women's Sport Australasia, keeping it fair for women and girls. She's the co-founder of that organisation. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy, you've got a girl, get the snip. You're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl, you get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a shit ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.